In brightest day, in blackest night, all other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's minds. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hi everybody, I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 360. That's right. We are talking about the Green Lantern. I lost you. Before we launch right into this bad boy? I think we better back oh, up because I because you broke up there. Which doesn't mean it didn't record correctly, but from but I was reacting as if it you know, I didn't hear you, so I reacted naturally. So let's Okay. So let's do the let's do the opening again. <clears throat> Hi everybody, I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 360. All right, yeah, we are talking about the Green Lantern number 7. Uh, do we have any preamble before we go into this or I don't think so. Can say it's pretty much a straight pickup from where we left off. The story is anything but what str- truly straightforward in a way, but but it definitely follows exactly where we left off last issue. For sure. All right, so we are going to start with uh, The Green Lantern number seven. The story is titled Emerald Sands, and the uh, writer is, of course, Grant Morrison, with our art and colors by Liam Sharp. Uh, Tom Orzakowski is the letterer. Uh, Liam Sharp and Steve Olaf is the coverer. Emmanuel Lupacino and Rex Locus is the various co- variant cover. Uh, Jessica Chen, associate editor. Brian Cunningham, editor. And... Next issue, we get Green Arrow. Uh, but if we jump back instead to the main uh, first page, since all that occurs on the final page, uh, we open up in Emerald Sands. Um, and by that, we need mean, we mean the world of the ring. This one is a bitch to recap um, because it is uh, mostly narrative uh, in in in, uh, in tone. So here's what I'm going to do, folks. I'm going to page on through and just sort of recap to the best of my ability what I believe the story is. Uh, but since so much of this relies on your interpretation of the dialogue or rather the, your interpretation of the narrative, since it's very almost poetic in nature, uh, I'm sure Mark... Uh, as a secondary reader will be able to jump in and tell me, no, that's not how I interpreted it. And I interpreted it this way or, or whatever. Um, but, uh, we open up in the world of, uh, Merwidden and I am going to read the sort of scripty poetic part out loud at the very least to sort of set the stage of what this issue is like. If you haven't picked it up for yourself just yet. Um, not nine mile hence there stands a town we built on ever shifting ground. And in that town there tolls a bell, a countdown as we ride to hell. Together now it's so unfair, yet mention it while no one dares. For no one dares to speak aloud, don't yell the truth, or don't tell the truth, you'll scare the crowd. 
So heed the words of little men, beware the wizard, Merwidden. Aha, let's see. Look closely then. And uh, we kind of open up in this world where we're establishing sort of the rules of uh, this this uh, inside the ring universe that we're in, uh, kind of getting a bit of a backstory. Uh, we are introduced to a character um, in here, and she's not named until this next page. Uh, Pengawur, uh, P-E-N-G-O-W-I-R-R. Uh, she's kind of uh, making her way silently through this world. Every um, every creature, every being is sort of an acolyte. Uh, um, a a uh, yeah, I guess acolyte's the word of of uh, of Merwidden. And the only goal is to is to the only rule is that we're supposed to keep Merwidden asleep, I believe. Um, and uh, she comes across a. Uh, her her path crosses the, with that of Hal Jordan, who's lost his memory at this point as to who he is and what he's doing here. Uh, he trips, he falls, he hits the ground. He sort of he's he passes out in 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 front of uh, Pengerwer. She says, "We're not supposed to be here." Uh, this grabs the attention of the various acolytes um, in the area. Um, so Pengawur and and Hal stand their ground, fight against these acolytes, and run off. Baby shark, baby shark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pengawur sort of leads Hal out of the out of the area uh, where they're sort of getting a uh, kind of surface level view of what this world is like. Everything seems dead, dormant, quiet. Uh, he comes across uh, some ruins with Pengawur, and they he starts to remember. Uh, that uh, there was a uh, a bomb. He had to disarm it. The guardians diverted the energy output of the central batter- power battery through my power ring, shot us into deep space. Enough energy to kill me, but the ring, the ring would do anything to keep me alive. And uh, this isn't the first time we're inside my power ring, and it's running out of charge. The world is dying because the ring is dying, and we're nowhere near a lantern. So he is inside the ring, the world of the ring. The world inside the ring is dying because the ring is dying. Um, everything in the ring is merwidened except for uh, Pengawur. And Hal ascertains that that is because Pengawur is not of Merwidden, but rather the ring itself. He says, you're the ring's AI. Pengawur, power ring, you're my ring, and I can't do this without you. He clutches his finger were close as all the various acolytes of Merwidden come after them. Uh, he uh, shouts Merwidden's name to, to wake up the wizard. He says, you have to reabsorb Emerald Sands. Uh, everything and everyone, bricks and mortar, flesh and blood, it was all just you to begin with. And we need to, every iota of the power it took to keep this illusion alive. We need to boost the ring. You'll die along with the, all the rest of us, Merwidden, unless you give us what you've got. Because basically the world inside of this ring is being perpetuated and put forth by the sleeping Merwidden inside the ring. And even though it's Merwidden's fault, he is inside the ring and he is still using the ring's power. So we need to reabsorb this illusion of this world to give us just one more iota of power to get the ring where it needs to be. Um, the ring starts commencing an interspace acceleration, gets outside of OA, it's at 0.05, uh, 0.5%, 0.3%, it's counting down, 
Uh, they float outside of Oa's atmosphere. Uh, a couple of lanterns come across the ring, and next thing we know, Hal Jordan and Jordan is inside the ring. The tools on Oa reverse the miniaturization. Emergency protocol O-900 bringing him up. Uh, Hal uh, is deminiaturized out of the ring, grabs it, and says, get me a lantern now. The ring's dying. He recharges the ring um, in this really dramatic splash. And he says, he left, uh, we kind of pick up the bit of the poetry. He left you in the dark and ran. You're all alone. There was no plan. And in the cold and dark, you hear those awful murmurs drawing near. They speak in voices chill and bleak. Your time has come. You're not unique. Attend the dying of the rhyme. No verse exists to countermine. And so it's come your hour, or your, and then in brightest day, in blackest night. No evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might beware my power. Green Lantern's light. And uh, Hal's, you know, reunited with his ring. And we get a final splash page of, uh, of him kissing his ring. Uh, as he says, Green Lantern's light. Um, weird recap, short recap. You know what this reminds me of, uh, before we kind of get into the story breakdown, it reminds me a bit of back in the sixties, we used to have like the stories and the comic and the comic art, but we'd also have just to encourage kids reading some page of actual narrative text. And there'd be a story in text form only somewhere in a comic every now and then. What this reminds me of, because it's something that's in my wheelhouse, and which also reminds me, I got to crack the whip on Jim. Is it, it reminds me of the Spectre series, <laughs> at <laughs> least the middle part of the Spectre series, when we had got a lot of issues that were like this. This issue was very similar in structure, uh, with a cool but not necessarily easy to read font, uh, very very narrative heavy. Uh, so. Once I actually opened this book and started reading it, it was like, oh, this reminds me exact. I mean, it it's not as metaphysical as probably as the Mateus run on uh, Hal Jordan Spectre Time was, but it's similar. There's some problems with the story, of course. Like, why would Muir Widden still be in that ring, of course, since this is not Abin Sur's ring and anything like that, but. Uh, but still, if I'm a, but it was it was an interesting story. It was it, it was interesting. I do like how they how they framed how they framed this uh, before we even got the issue, saying that basically it's it's a story about how, like Hal Jordan and and, and, the, and the like the the, the the like the true love of his life, but not yes. but not the, but not the mm-hmm. one you would think. So it was it was interesting that that's what they chose. I mean, if this was a Guy Gardner story, it would make perfect sense for this. The Hal is interesting because I was trying to think based on that little you know cryptic blurb who 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 could be the manifestation if it's not going to be Carol and I was thinking well maybe it's that chick Jennifer the one who got fried in Emerald Twilight who Hal was talking to when he brought the city back and then and then I'm still trying and it didn't really make any sense to me but then when they got to the end it's like oh that's 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 kind of an interesting take that I guess they're trying to make the make the case that that pretty much Hal that that and much like Guy, I guess that Hal is more that his one true love really is being a, is being a Green Lantern. So it's, it's it's an interesting take on it to begin with. But this, but the, but we, again, we've seen some of we've seen multiple stories like this before or, of worlds inside the the ring or worlds inside the power battery, like that one that 
3D one shot that we'll probably do at some point with Dr. Light inside Kyle's power battery, some similar similar things. So I, so the concept is not unique, but it's but the, just the fact that he dug Mirror Widen out of the like we saw at the end of the last issue, him digging Mirror Mirror Widen out of the ancient archives there is another another thumbs up for Grant Morrison. <laughs> For sure. Did you interpret any part of this story any differently than I did? I mean, I know I gave a really kind of surface level uh, encapsulation of it, but did you maybe maybe interpret a different uh, aspect of any of this? Or no, I think the way the way you interpreted everything was was I think pr- was pretty much dead on. I think at the end you didn't. I don't think you mentioned the fact that you know once Hal recharged the ring, that basically you go back to seeing like the AI like almost in this like almost and and a much better looking, more complete. Uh, world as opposed to the crumbling and mere wooden uh, inspired or world or whatever. I mean, there's a little more going on in there. But I, no, I, but I think your I think your wrap up was was pretty de- straightforward on this and dead on. It's 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 not the way it's written, the way the book is actually put together because of because of all that narration and because of the font and because of the dark background and and the white font and everything like that on it, it's not the easiest thing to read. Literally, it's not the easiest thing to read. But the story itself continues the recent pattern, I think, of issues of being a relatively straightforward conceptually story to follow. So I I do like that. I do kind of like that we're not getting too, too bogged down in some, the, the, if you will, the, either the worst or the, I'm trying to phrase it another way. Uh, maybe the minutia potentially of what, of what Grant Morrison can do or can bring to a story that I think we haven't gotten as much of that in the last few issues, and I d- somehow I doubt we're going to get it with the Green Arrow storyline either. <laughs> but I could be wrong. <laughs> I look forward to that one. Yeah, I, um, I, I do, I do too. Uh, I, 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 I really enjoyed this. The, we, we do get. I didn't read it. I'll read it now. Uh, we do get a kind of brief encapsulation of kind of Merwidden's history. It says uh, Merwidden is, well, he's a disembodied alien wizard imprisoned in my ring by the Guardians of the Universe. They put him in solitary so he dreams of Emerald Sands Resort, a retreat for his fellow sorcerers. Also in awe of him, they don't dare speak except in whispers. Even the buildings are designed to applaud their creator. Everyone here is stuck on repeat because there's no power left for his constructs, but that doesn't mean we don't have a chance um, and that's kind of when we get to him figuring out who um, Pengover is. Um, but uh, yeah, the, we get the encapsulation of Merwin's history kind of just, you know, simply thrown in there. Um, I do like how it, and it's it's hard to tell until you just look at that last page after Hal charges. If you compare the creature designs there to the creature designs elsewhere in the book, um, those are a lot more natural, and these are a lot more piecemeal and falling apart, and um, almost like they're made of the scraps of whatever is left behind as the power ring dies. True. So that's kind of cool. Almost like you would expect to see him in like I don't know labyrinth or something. That's a good that's a good analogy. It was I like the concept of the story. I like the I thought the art was good again. I like the the the, the murkiness and the you know like dreamlike state, which of course is kind of appropriate based on 
what the story really is once we figure out what's going on. I liked I liked all that. Uh, I'm, I, I guess the shark bodyguards were kind of cool, or these soldiers. Uh, they they kind of reminded me a little of uh, the Guillermo del Toro there because they like aren't they like holding their eyes or they're holding their eyes in their hands. Or yeah. And what's in another set of hands? And their small hands. They have they have small little hands that are also designed just to hold their eyeballs up, like in Pan's Labyrinth. It was it was cool. It was I still I still go back to last issue when I'm thinking that I, I still think that uh, Black Star thing wrapped up a little too quickly. But mm. you can't you have but you probably assume that we're gonna that there's more to that story that we're gonna be seeing at some point. I, I like the design of Penguin. I also like the fact that she's got. If you look closely on her, when you when you can see her arm, she's got a silhouette of a Green Lantern symbol on her as a tattoo. Um, one thing I'm curious about though is Hal is carrying this sort of satchel around with him, and then he drops it, and we get a close up of it. But it looks like it is like just a just a rock wrapped in some twine or something. Like, is there any significance to what he's carrying or why he's carrying it? Unless it's just supposed to be his baggage, I suppose. But I'm trying to find I'm, which page does he does it open? Oh yeah, I see it now. When he drops it, and you see it. Um, I think. Why do we get focused on it for a moment? What's what's the what's the idea behind that? I don't know. I'm trying to remember if he had it at the end of the last issue. Or did he? Or, not that it would matter all that much, I suppose. Maybe they're only show, maybe they're only showing us showing us that or showing it to us because it's really not maybe it's not significant maybe or the idea of him leaving something leaving some of his baggage or leaving something that's not really important behind on his road to enlightenment if you will since he's about to see all the green you know they find the the buildings and the green lantern symbol and everything and then he starts and then the pieces start coming to coming into place for him well he's carrying something at the end of six when he's talking to Merwidden, but I can't tell what it is. It almost looks like a bowling bag or something, a backpack. I don't know what the hell it is. I just don't know what he's carrying or why he's carrying it. But I was just, I don't know, they focus on it at that moment and making you think it's supposed to be something. So what could it be? Um, but whatever. Um, I like Pingoer's just just design overall. That was cool. I agree. I think I think she looked pretty cool. She went from like children of the you know uh, children of the forest to fancy fairy, you know, empowered goddess at, after she uh, got recharged there. Right, because she was kind of a little. She was kind of like a little She-Hulk uh, poison ivy combination earlier in the book. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, what's the other thing I was going to mention here is the, let's see, the, um, the, the center courtyard that they're kind of in with the Green Lantern symbol and everything, that reminds me of that statue of Hal or whatever we have at Coast City, the one that Kyle created. Yes. That's sort of what that reminds me of. there, There is a similarity in the, uh. Kind of like the, t- the structure compared to the tomb, I would say that's, I would say that's true. I'm trying to see if I recognize any of these creature designs. Maybe they're pulled from 
some sort of zany Jim Henson nightmare movie or something I haven't seen before. But I don't seem to recognize anything. I do want to say that Merwidden's face there when he's uh, in his sort of silvery um, three-pronged head, yeah. you know, that looks familiar somehow. And I don't know what that's supposed to be. Yeah, that is kind of a different. It is kind of a different look. Yeah, because when it with that page where he's saying "Wake up, Merwidden! No, no, don't want to face, can't die." That face that Merwidden has there, I don't, I don't know what that that that's some that's some that reminds me of something very strongly, but I can't put my finger on what that is. Uh, his head is almost um, the head design there is almost a relic like because didn't relic yes. have those little three things? Yeah, you're right. There is a there. More closely to get more closely together than on the page when Hal's yelling or Widden, more like on the second page when he's telling him to wake up. But yeah, there he. I mean, in a way, he looks a little bit. I mean, facial. It's weird because like some he looks a little like ego. He looks a little like uh, Gog, as in the actual uh, which, whichever world version. What what are the new gods? Which which what number gods are they? Um, uh, the fourth world. The fourth, I think. I think. I think Gog, the actual giant Gog, not the body, not the living and the human who who got the power of Gog in like Kingdom Come or whatever. Or so or, Gog, not Magog. Yeah. Yes. Yes. The one that showed up in in, in the Justice Society arc towards that. I think he was third world then because I think he's supposed to be. He was supposed to be a survivor. His head looks a little bit like that. And it's also interesting if you look at the splash page to begin the issue. It kind of also looks guardian esque, and it's almost like a meta- like a metallic guardian head shape there. Like the well, I mean, Merwin himself is supposed to be a sort of guardian like creature, right? Right. Which is another reason why why the hell would they keep him trapped in, in a power ring? It just seems like it's asking yeah. for trouble. Besides yeah, for fa- sure. Besides the fact we know he couldn't be in this ring because how literally created this ring himself, unless they, unless they're trying to retcon that but they've never told us that they've never actually made it clear that that's the case and so. it makes me it makes me wonder if um one of the things that makes me wonder is the uh, is is the ring sort of uh, with merwidden sort of running constantly running this little scenario in the back of his head is Hal's ring dying slightly faster than everyone else's almost like a a phone that's uh, running apps in the background that you haven't yet shut down completely <laughs> like the vampire charge thing, it's just it's just constantly, yeah. it's constantly being drained, even if he's not using it because something because something else is plugged. It's it's possible. It just, it just doesn't. I don't know. It just it didn't really seem like a smart plan. Not that that not that that necessarily means that it wouldn't be a guardian plan because they've had a lot of not smart plans over the over the the billions of years. But the reality is, yeah. Those are more story points that kind of bothered me, I guess, about it. But but it was enjoyable. But it did. It definitely reminded me of of the Spectre. That's exactly what this. You know, it just kind of like cried out to be to be Spectre like, the way the, the art, even the art. Not not one hundred percent the art style because this is more classic art style than than the Ryan Sook stuff that we got in the Spectre series. But the way the the, the way the story is structured and put together, and even with the so, with uh, lots of splash, lots of splash pages, and even if they're not full splash pages, but 
and just a lot of writing that yeah that's what it, that's what it, as soon as I started reading it it's like hey that's that reminds me of that reminds me of the Spectre series. I don't think I've read enough Spectre to really get that, but I, I, I've read I, I have read enough to where I can kind of see what you're saying, but I'm not intimately familiar with the format enough to to immediately recognize it and compare the two right away. Yeah, it would it would, it would have to be. There are specific there are specific issues uh, of of the Spectres. So I'm just kind of, I'm just and it's actually it's some of the some of the ones that Jim and I have done recently like I think uh I'm looking at the last ones we did Spect- Spectre 14 and Spect- Spectre 13. I think that those are the those are the ones that are very very similar. It just basic telling this, you know, kind of like a, a, the, I think those issues again told more of a big bigger picture story, more of a uh deeper metaphysical cosmic truth kind of story than this is this is not well, kind of like a like 70s phantom stranger stuff yeah yeah i that's probably that's probably certainly closer to that than this you know this is this is more of a straightforward story of just how being stuck in his ring but they just but it's what but it's but it's drawn and the way you know they decide to put all the you know the dialogue and the narration the way it's on the pages the quantity of it that it, it's it, it's similar to uh but certainly, we Jim and I have encountered during this phase of, uh, of where we are in, in, in the Spectre Act, the Spectre proper series. So, sure. All right, do you have anything else to say about this issue? No, not really. It was it. So it was not what I expected. That's for sure. It was not. It was not what mm-hmm. I expected when I picked when I when I actually got into this book and started reading it. It certainly was not what I thought I was going to find in here. Not what you expected, but not unexpected, given it's a Grant Morrison book. And granted that we also knew we were going to be inside the ring. So yeah, true. There wasn't there wasn't a, there wasn't really any mystery to where to where we were in this. So they 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 didn't, which maybe maybe arguably would have made the story a little more interesting. Though we probably would have suspected he was inside the ring. That it it may have made it a little more suspenseful and a little more intriguing if you weren't one hundred percent sure. The fact that you knew it was in the ring, basically knew it was, it just kind of made it, before you even started reading the story, you knew it was basically a fantasy, it wasn't really real, it was some kind of, some kind of variation on the construct theme, the question is, you know, what was, what was the missing piece of the puzzle, and especially who, you know, who, you know, who she was going to turn out to be, and so. Yeah. All right. Um, I think that's going to do it for for most of this episode. But uh, just so we're not only putting on a half hour episode, did you do anything for free comic book day? No, Chad, I did not. Why don't you talk about your free comic book experiences? Uh, yeah, I've got a YouTube video I'm working on. Uh, it's very slow going, guys, but mostly because I have no, I I, I haven't finagled with uh, video editing much. But there will be a video on our YouTube page. So uh, when you get a chance, uh, hopefully by the time this episode is live it will be on the youtube page so uh check it out when you get a chance but i woke up uh austin books and comics is the main comic book store down here for the most part uh they were opening at eight so uh in an effort not necessarily to get a bunch of comics i knew the comics would be would be there for me but uh i didn't know how many ish how many um units i guess of uh, the um free comic book day exclusive pop vinyl 
um, would be there, the Constantine uh, pop. I didn't know how many there would be there, and I wanted to be one of the first people in line. So I showed up at about 7, uh, waited in line, and um, yeah, the, they had uh, a bunch of stuff. Uh, Austin Books and Comics was limiting everything to – to ten, you could choose uh, one of well, one of each series, but it was only you, you, you could only choose ten. So um, you could choose up to ten books of the offerings. Got my ten. Um, they had a discount tent of a bunch of everything in the tent was five dollars. Lots of pops in there, but all of them with box damage. But I was very very close to picking up a Hades pop. Uh, because you guys, I've, I've talked about it before. I know um, at some point I want to get all of the Hercules pops because Hercules is my second favorite Disney film, and I want to make sure to. I think those the, those characters I designs really translate well into pops. But the box was just so damaged. I was like, you know what? Even though it's five bucks, I'm gonna have to put it down. Uh, and I went in, and then I um, uh, I uh, I bought Constantine. Uh, so I got my Constantine pop. Um, Turned out I didn't have to didn't have to stay in line for an hour in advance because they had like 20 of them or so in stock. So, um, but whatever, I made sure I got it, uh, and that was my one price indulgence of the day. I was thinking I'm not buying anything else. I'm broke until I get paid on the 15th. So, yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna purchase anything else. Um, but uh, one of my friends was there, Vo Win. He was doing a uh, doing sketches on the back of IMAX posters. So um, he had a bunch of Black Panther IMAX posters and Last Jedi IMAX posters and I think uh, Ready Player One and something else. And I was just like, all right, Black Panther and uh, I don't know, Shuri. And it was just like a five-minute five sketch. Um, but he, he's got a – there's a convention that he started in Austin that's called Greater Austin Comic Con um, that he's, he's launched. So uh, there's a little small interview with him. So if you guys live in the Central Texas area – and looking for a con to go to. Like I said, look for that YouTube video. Uh, after that, I went over to Dragon's Lair and should have gone there because they didn't open till 10. I got there about 9 just as a result of leaving Austin Books and Comics after all the stuff that was going on. Long-ass line, but they let you get one of everything. So I got every single offering from Free Comic Book Day this year um, over at uh, Dragon's Lair. Um, because I was because it was open, and um, then I went over to a place called King's Cash, uh, and King's Cash, you know, let you. They didn't. It's a very very small place, kind of a corner, you know, hole in the wall, little attached to a hobby shop sort of a thing, um, and uh, they they let you get five issues of stuff. I, I got duplicates so I could grab like the Spider Man for my brother in law and his brother and Avengers and, and stuff like that. Um, but at King's Cash, they had a table of $5 pops. And I'm looking at it, and there are three Hades sitting there. And you can see them because I, they're, they're, all, they're all sat on the table, like, you know, uh, upright. So you can see the kind of half-face box design on the top of the boxes. So you can see Hades in three different boxes. And all the boxes are in great condition. I pick up one. I'm like, all right, I'll get it. But I was like... You know, look at all of look at all the boxes that are here. One of them was the Hot Topic exclusive Glow in the Dark Hades. So I got that mint condition box for five dollars, and uh, I I was going to get it at Austin Books and Comics in horrible condition for five dollars, and it wasn't a Glow in the Dark version. So, you know, uh, <laughs> patience pays off, I guess. 
Um, and just because it was uh, five bucks, and it's not even worth this much if you look on the Funko app, but just because I saw it and because of what we're doing with JL May, uh, I don't. I'm not a huge fan of Dorbs. Uh, Mark, do you get the Dorbs? I know you have some pops, but do you have any Dorbs? Yeah, I have a few Dorbs. Um, yeah, so I I don't like them honestly quite quite much, but like there's there's certain Dorbs that I have on my wish list that I want to get. Like for instance, the Green Lantern Batman one. Um, just because, you know, that's the only way I'm going to get an, a cool looking kind of, kind of cool looking Green Lantern Batman sort of uh, thing. There's not a whole lot of them out there. Um, well, they had a Blackest Night Dorbs Batman, uh, Black Lantern Batman, uh, Dorbs, which is the Funko Specialty series. Um, it's got all the Blackest Night, uh, uh, marketing logos and stuff all, all like all over it, and it came in a Dorbs protector, plastic protector, and that was also five dollars. So I was like, you know what? All right. So I ended up indulging, spending ten bucks more than I originally planned to, but uh, I got some great condition stuff that was already on my wish list. So, and then I get paid on the fifteenth, so I'll be buying a bunch more stuff because in the meantime they have come out with uh, Spider Punk, the Spider Punk. Uh, as we record this, Spider Punk. Uh, comes out tomorrow, the Spider-Punk uh, Pop Vinyl, uh, which I've already pre-ordered, and it'll be sitting aside for me, and luckily I have 14 days from tomorrow to pay for it. <laughs> and uh, they released the Hot Topic exclusive Owlman Pop, uh, Owlman of the, the Crime Syndicate, so that's out there. And then, of course, the, the in-game spoiler pops are out uh, today for in some places. I saw... I'm a, I'm a, I'm a part of a few Funko groups uh, in in Austin, and some people were posting that they had come back from like games uh, GameStop or something like that, um, and they got their um, Hulk with the Gauntlet uh, rescue. Uh, some people were had have the Thor Big Lebowski uh, pop, uh, and that's the one, of course, I want. I don't really care about Hulk with the Gauntlet or a rescue or anything like that. I just want Big Lebowski Thor. Um, and evidently that's already out. So I guess the minute I get paid, I'm buying like at least three different pops because <laughs> I can't help myself. <laughs> yeah, I know. They 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 better have the they better be doing the one with Cap with the shield and the friggin' hammer. That better be coming. They're doing one that looks kind of I think looks cool. The the be- big bearded braided beard Thor that's holding both Mjolnir and Stormbreaker. I think I want that one, but I'm I'm not quite sure. I think that's one that I'm going to have to see in person before I decide. Yeah, I'm getting that. The only the none of the none of the new ones uh do much for me. I mean, I just I was just looking at Big Bad Toy Store while we were, while you were talking. Looking at the pops, and you know, I didn't realize that Hulk one was one of the oversized ones, which makes sense because it's the Hulk. But I, I'm certainly not paying extra money, for <laughs> twice the normal price to get this friggin' Hulk with the Infinity with with the Infinity Gauntlet. So, and that, yeah, that's the. Uh, I guess I see the appeal of that Thor, but it's not a, it's not something that would. And yeah, why rescue? Why the hell rescue? Yeah, I don't know. There, there I don't was, know. There were so many other choices of characters they could have they could have made in in some. In some way, shape, or form, but yeah, as far as po- from that from that movie, the the one that I if they they would have to be doing if they don't do a cap with the hammer, it makes no friggin' sense. I mean, it really makes no sense whatsoever. So hope hopefully that's coming because I would get that one. That's the main reason I didn't open, uh, and maybe the small reason because of the collectability. That's the only reason I didn't open the Hot Topic 
exclusive cap yet because maybe the one if they're going to do you would assume if, they, if they're going to do one with the hammer and the shield that the reality is that's going to be the same outfit that he's wearing in Hot the Hot Topic because that's the outfit that he wore when he had those on so mm-hmm. that's the main reason I haven't I haven't opened that one yet speaking I did think of you because over the weekend I realized when I was looking at some uh, at these pops and I obviously wasn't as big into them as I over like uh, four years ago but I realized I never got a, an Age of Ultron Captain America which is cool, not just because the uniform is one of the cooler, cooler versions of that. First, of, the modified first Avenger outfit, which he's worn pretty much in every movie since, other than the horrible Avengers costume. But I realized for some, and, but but he also was carrying the shield, like almost like in a more like in an action pose, which most of the Captain America pops really don't do. And for some reason, it's like I, ne- I never got that. So I try, I tried to, I was, I was bidding on a few, and I and I. People kept outbidding me, and then I and I we were the the auction was getting to the price where I was like, okay, this is I was getting one of these was getting close to twenty bucks. So then I started looking around, and I found and somebody had for it was, it was like a buy it now price, and it had the Iron Man from Age of Ultron and the cap, and I think it was I think it was like twenty like some I got it with a with a make your best offer, so I think I went like five dollars lower. Than mm-hmm. what, what what he was asking. I mean, it wasn't outrageous. I think he might. I think he might have been. I might have been like in the low 30s. He was asking for both of them, and and I I put in a bid that was like five dollars off what he was asking. He accepted. Plus it, plus I had a coupon for for eBay, so I basically got five dollars off of that too. So I got. And then they arrived today, as a matter of fact. So I, I I have them both. I opened them both today. So I have the. So I have Tony from Age of Ultron and. And and I forget which Mark outfit might have been Mark forty three or whatever armor he had in that movie, and and Cap. So, so my Cap collection continues to grow. So that was that's cool. I'm very I'm very hesitant with with the Marvel pops just because they're because they're bobbleheads, and I I really don't want anything to do with bobbleheads. But at the same time, if I keep everything in the boxes, I guess it doesn't really matter. If uh, the Marvels are bobbleheads or not, but like that's what's, what's kind of why I'm sticking with Venom because for those of you if you don't know, I've got now at this point I've got uh, Venomized Black Panther, Venomized Ghost Rider, Venomized Loki. Um, I've got the Marvel Collector Core box exclusive Venom that uh, came in that Venom box I got before Venom came out. I've got the regular Venom, the Carnage, the Captain America Venom, the Iron Man Venom. Uh, I'm right now. Before this new wave of Venoms comes out, the Venomized stuff comes out, I'm missing Hulk and both of the Carnages, the fully masked con-exclusive Carnages, where one, he had, like, uh, just tendrils coming off of his hands, and the other, it was like uh, uh, scythe blades or whatever on the end of his hands. So between Venomized Hulk and those two Carnages, I'm missing those uh, until those uh, until the new... Until the new stuff comes out. But I, I did find the other day, this was a few weeks ago, the original Carnage. Um, the Hot Topic exclusive red Carnage that, uh, like, you know, just it's just Carnage Marvel number 99 box. Uh, and I picked that up for, I think, like 15 bucks. So 
at some point I'm going to get the original Venom, the original Anti-Venom. Um, the the Anti-Venom that's got the this new Venom logo and stuff on it that came in a, a box, uh, in an exclusive box that came with a T-shirt. Man, that pop by itself is going for like 60 or 70 bucks. The one where it's like half, like the Venom... The, the anti-venom symbiote is coming over his face like like some of these other venom pops that is like a 60 or 70 dollar pop that i could you know like i don't know if i can justify spending that much money on a single pop but if i want to complete this collection at some point i'm going to have to and maybe i'm better off doing it now when it could potentially reach you know double that price later on oh chad <laughs> Well, I just want very specific stuff in my collection. Like I said, guys, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not about collecting everything, but I want the entire venomized and venom-related kind of stuff. I want the Hercules waves. Uh, I want the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles stuff. I want all the Lantern stuff at some point. And then there are certain things here and there I want. Like for instance, I've got my Bill and my Ted. Uh, I've got. I don't want the entire entirety of the the pop rocks stuff where they do musicians, but I do have Alton John. I do have Angus Young because those are musicians in particular that had an impact on me. I don't need every single, uh, you know, pop rocks icon because not every single musician out there has had a huge impact on me. And as an example, I think some of the prints, uh, the, 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 the Prince, uh, pops look really freaking cool. There's like a purple rain one that looks awesome. I came really close to buying the other day, but I didn't because like, I'll be honest and, and Daniel fan. So forgive me out of, out of the music I grew up with. Prince isn't one of the huge influences in, in, in ones I listen to quite a lot. So as much as I can appreciate the impact Prince had on the music industry and just the development of music over time, me personally, I just never had that big of an, uh, of an experience and a draw towards Prince's music. So, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm pretty, when it comes to, I don't have any musician pops. I don't. I'm not saying I would never get them. I try to. I'm trying to be picky. I mean, just because you have you have limited space, whether you keep them. Bo- obviously, you have even more limited space if you keep them boxed. <laughs> but if you're going to open, but if even opening them up, that's why I actually brought my I brought my three open lantern pops upstairs and put them in the living room next to. So I so that's the glow in the dark Kyle and the glow in the dark Sinestro Batman and, and the Hal Jordan one. I brought those three upstairs to make room because I knew I had I knew I was going to open the Ultron cap when he showed up, and I probably fi- and I figured if I was going to keep Iron Man, I probably probably would open him, and I still have I still have the Nebula Endgame one in my pile of loot at a big bad toy store. I still have Quint from Jaws on pre-order. I still have Spider-Man in the hero suit and the Mysterio. Uh, pre-ordered from uh, Far From Home. So I'm trying to... Which uh, Mysterio? Uh, hold on, because like, I, I actually have my thing open. I just have to... I, because the Hot Topic exclusive material, Mysterio is already out with it's unmasked and it's glow-in-the-dark. Um, the only Mysterio pop I'm even remotely interested in is the Walmart exclusive Mysterio pop where he is not unmasked and it is glow-in-the-dark. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that one looks cool. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this one doesn't. I'm gonna give you the link. I'm pretty sure this one does not glow in the dark, but the pa- but the packaging is 
but the packaging is still pretty cool, which makes sense because the outfit that they're giving Jill and Hall looks really good. Yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> normally, yeah, I it's that that it's it's that exact same pop except it's glow in the dark. Is, yeah, that would be uh, Is what is what Walmart has, and it's going to be so hard. It's always so hard to get the Walmart exclusives. Um, but if if I were to get a Far From Home pop, that's the one I'd get. Is the Walmart exclusive Glow in the Dark Mysterio with the the bubble over his head. Um, the other ones I've got on pre order from well not yet because I haven't placed the order from Big Bag Toy Story of course is the next wave of Venom Venomized um, the Red Rain uh, the Batman. Red Rain Batman the Red Death Batman from DC Metal. Um, and they're 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 putting out two Johnny Cashes. I'm not going to get both. Uh, one is Johnny with the guitar, his acoustic guitar in front of him, like he's playing it, and the other was with it swung behind his back. And I think I like the one with it behind his back more. So I think I'm going to end up getting that. Um, they're doing an entire wave of Backstreet Boys and an entire wave of In Sync. And I think I'm only going to get just uh, j- the Justin Timberlake in sync pop because I mean you know I'm a kid of the '90s and you know in sync is and plus Justin Timberlake helped kind of shape shape the pop scene even after he left in sync and I like a lot of that his solo career stuff so uh, that was something I was looking at getting and then at some point the Community pops are coming out but I'm not pre-ordering those. Because I'm anticipating that those aren't going to be as highly sought after as anything else. So I'm pretty sure that when the community pops hit from the community TV show, that those will be easy to find and I don't necessarily need to pre-order those. That's, that's probably a good call on that one. Uh, and, I, and I still have, which I showed you, I believe, my... Uh my Funko, my five star from that line, my five star Daenerys with Dro- with Drogon. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. That's that's actually that's in my pile of loot too. So I'm I'm hoping that based on the arrival, the estimated arrival times, that if they were to be close to a- close to accurate, both these both the Spider-Man pops and even the Quint one from Jaws might arrive before I have to ship that. That pile of loot because you have, I think you have neither 90 days or 80 something days from the time the first item goes in, and that was Daenerys. So I have like a, so I think I have over, I think I have over two months left before I would have to ship it. So I'm hoping all these things arrive. But uh, yeah, I didn't like any of the Daenerys pops because I, I kind of, I mean, some of them are okay, but I. Sometimes you know pops are hit and miss. Sometimes they just because their facial structure is so generic. And sometimes it just doesn't work. From you know, it just doesn't look as much like characters as others. So that five star is just so cute. Plus, she's wearing the winter coat, which is probably the best outfit they've given her in, on the show. And I figured I'd get it now, since even though you're you're behind, this thing is this thing might be steering towards the less than satisfying conclusion. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I I want I want to remember Daenerys the way she was. <laughs> Uh, just because I don't like I don't like the writing in this season. I don't think I'm the only one that feels that way. Uh, but so I want that, that seemed to plus Drogon is so awesome that, that 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 was a good excuse. You get you get a little you get a little mini version of Drogon too. So can't go wrong there. <laughs> but yeah, but they always they keep rolling out these pops left and right. So it's not surprising that they rolled out a second wave of end, you know of Endgame pops so quick. And let's see if they. Let's see if they do more because if they don't – while I'm debating about getting that cap, I'm 
I mean, well, not debating. Obviously, if they come up with that pop, I will get it. I'm still debating about doing that pre-order for the sideshow, the Hot Toys cap. Um, you know they, you, you know they might. If, if they've shown these this wave of spoiler pops, Rescue, Big Lebowski, Thor, um, um, Hulk, Hulk with the, with the Iron Gauntlet, and uh, and Thor with both Stormbreaker and um, and uh, and Mjolnir, then I wonder if the second wave, like there's no, there's got to be there's got to be a third wave, right? They can't just go, oh, and a cat pop where he's holding the. <laughs> The hammer. So I bet you the another one will be Captain Marvel with the short hair. Yeah, that would make sense. That would make sense. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think anything, anything else that from a design perspective that was 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 Hawkeye in his Ron, Hawkeye was in his Ronin outfit for the Endgame. Pop? Yeah, Haw- yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Hawkeye had uh, three pops, I believe. He had. Unmasked Ronin, masked Ronin, and then Hawkeye in quantum the um, in the quantum realm suit. Yes, lots of pops, lots of pops for a character that didn't do all that much in the movie. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, I'm still, I am still. De- this is, it's tough because it's a lot of money to shell out for a friggin' high end action figure. You know, yeah. it's a lot of money. It's oh, the hot toy, you mean? Yes, yeah. it, it's it's a great sculpt, and it's and it's a really cool outfit, and it's and you're gonna and you know you know that ha- even though they haven't revealed the two accessory the other two hidden accessories yet, you know one of them ha- absolutely has to be the hammer. The, I'm a, the other one is pro- it got the other one is probably Stormbreaker, but if not be- just because of the outfit he's in, if he was if he was wearing a different outfit, then I would say maybe it's Loki's uh, scepter, his staff, but it's. I'm guessing it's probably going to be Stormbreaker and Mjolnir, since he technically wields both of them, or at least briefly. Uh, spoiler alert! Of course, we already did that episode, so sorry, guys. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Well, we had already said that earlier, a few minutes ago, so that's not any more of a spoiler than we already. But it's a lot of money. The good news is, if you do the installment plan, if you do the payment plan, uh, the good news is you only have to put twenty-seven dollars and fifty cents down. And the four payments – well, it's going to be a little bit more because they haven't factored in the tax and the shipping. But the actual four payments that, that don't begin until February of next year are all like $61. So it is man- – it's certainly manageable. And the fact that you could put the – you know, basically put the 28 bucks down now and you don't have to think about it for a, almost a year, it's tempting to do it. But it's still that part that eats at me. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'd be spending like friggin' – Especially after shipping and everything, I'm going to be spending like $300 on a friggin' 12-inch action figure, which is really <laughs> awesome. But do I? But the Hot Toys between Hot Toys and Sideshow, I mean, like both of those have it on lock. So, in terms of making sure you're getting quality, yeah, I know. I mean, I'm, it's you know, it's a six-scale figure by Hot Toys, Avengers Endgame, movie masterpiece series. The quality, yeah, the quality is the quality is. You know, you get seven pairs of interchangeable gloved hands, fists, shield catching hand, shield throwing hand. Uh, you get the little his little t- pocket watch with Peggy's picture in it. Uh, you get, so you it's it's I I almost got the Civil War cap and I didn't I didn't one hundred I didn't I didn't one hundred percent regret it mostly because of the fact that I knew you still were going to be getting 
you, you knew you would be getting at least one more cap in his real uniform. You figured because by the time they wrapped up this whole saga that he would be back in looking like Captain America again. <laughs> so this is realistically speaking, this is going to be the last shot if I'm going to, if I want to get a you know in all likelihood uh, getting a Chris Evans as Captain America. Toy. This is probably the one. Plus, he does hold the hammer. So how, yeah. So how cool? How cool would that be? Does have him displayed holding the hammer? So it's tough. I I, I don't want to wait too long because if I wait too long, it's gonna the, at least the pre-orders will be gone, and then then you're up, you know, then you're up the creek. But I don't know. That's tough. That's a lot of money to shell out. Just think. You, let's look at your pop addiction. Look how many pops you could get for that much money. Mm-hmm. So that's sure. what, that's why it's that's why my cart my cart on Big Bad Toy Store is maybe like 140 bucks, but that's like 12 or 13 pops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why that's why it's hard. That's why this is a, a hard choice. I do love I do love the figure, and maybe I'll, maybe once they actually add the accessories in, I mean once they actually t- tell you, you know. Left their own little spoiler embargo there, and they actually tell you what the what the accessories are, if, and they include like new pictures of them, you know, holding them or something. Then maybe that'll, I don't know. It's t- I, I like I like stuff like this, but I, there's also that pragmatic part of me that goes, that's that's a lot of money to shell out for something that that it's just a really cool action figure. It's a 12 inch 12 inch action figure that's just going to be sitting in a display. It's a lot of money, so. All right, well, before we go, I just wanted to let people know we are still well into JL May. It is happening right now. Um, and uh, the first episode over at Podcast of Oa has happened. They talked about uh, Blackest Night number zero as well as Green Lantern number 43. Um, then over uh, on the next part at Chris and Reggie's Cosmic Treadmill, they talked about Blackest Night number one. Um, they did a huge breakdown of not just the, the story so far leading up to that point, but also like the personal uh, histories of both Jeff Johns and Yvonne Hayes. So like that was uh, really interesting to hear all that. Um, I know that other people are starting to record their individual uh, episodes. Like for instance, Laurel uh, over on the birds of prey podcast. You know, she's a listener of ours. They're getting, they posted an image uh, the other day that they were about to record their coverage of the JSA miniseries, uh, And they're excited for it today. Um, Head Speaks, uh, two of his podcasts put out uh, their coverage. So the Task Force X podcast put out the coverage of the Suicide Squad Resurrected issue, as well as the two issues Secret Six. Uh, and then they also did the um, Starman Manhunter Adventure Hour. His that show put out the coverage of the Starman issue. So the JL May event is well underway, and we're already four episodes out uh, covering various things across the Blackest Night spectrum. So uh, with more to come, a lot. I have the master list of stuff uh, coming out for the for the month of May, and and when what specific dates some of these are supposed to be coming out. Um, given that this episode will hit, let's see, what, what date will this hit if it goes up on Friday? That's the 10th. Uh, between this episode and our next episode, expect a lot more episodes of the JL May event to come out because a lot of people are releasing their stuff mid-May. So, uh, yeah, keep an eye out for that JL May hashtag over specifically on uh, Twitter or Facebook because a lot of stuff is going to be tweeted and retweeted over there. 
And we'll be releasing our episode once we renegotiate our contract. We're holding out for more money. (laughs) (laughs) We've got all the leverage now. This thing can't end without us. And the, the the end of the month is on the thirty first, which is a Friday, which is we, we when we usually release anyway. So we'll be we'll be capping off the event on the thirty first. So uh, yeah, definitely uh, pay attention to uh, stuff coming up on uh, JL May. Lots of cool stuff coming up there. As of right now, we don't know what our next episode will be for the seventeenth, um, but I'm uh, assuming it'll be something fun. Surely hope so because when we get the episodes that aren't fun, then it then it really compounds the problem without having a lot of material to, to cut fresh material to cover. So if we pick something specifically that's not current and it still sucks, then we got a lot. Then we really made a poor decision that week. For sure. All right, you want to tell people how they can reach us? Lanterncast.com. The email is lanterncast at gmail.com. The voicemail, which has been pretty uh, echo, pretty. Uh, tumbleweedish other than uh, Jesse lately. <laughs> 708 Lantern is the voicemail. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. Use hashtag GeoCast to locate us on either of those. And last but not least here, iTunes and Stitcher. We're on both, so whichever platform you listen to us on, please leave us a positive review. All right, guys. We'll talk to you uh, next Friday. Good night, everybody. Good night.